Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. So Brad Chambers gives himself $5 million. Not a small bit of change when you consider he gave it to himself. You got to understand the former Secretary of Commerce. Uh, he has had a successful, successful life. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. The question is, is $5 million just the start for what he's going to put into his campaign? Is this a guy who's going to raise money? And is this normal for a gubernatorial race in Indiana? And we're not even talking about the race. We're talking about the primary. Peter Blanchard joins me right now from the Indianapolis Business Journal. You can find his work at ibj.com. He covers state government. Wrote of the story, Brad Chambers gives his gubernatorial campaign $5 million boost. And, and this is the question. Uh, is this for a primary a lot of money? Or is this really a drop in the bucket considering you have to spend against guys like very wealthy Mike Braun and very wealthy Eric Doden? Well, Tony, and, and thank you for having me on. Uh, well, you know, I think it's it's nothing to scoff at, you know, especially when you look at the fact that the other candidates in the race, uh, Senator Mike Braun, Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, uh, Eric Doden, the businessman from Fort Wayne, they've already raised several million for their campaigns. But but this five million dollar uh, check that uh, Brad Chambers has written himself really um, is sort of playing catch up. He's he's now right in the middle of the pack. Um, and he's got, you know, formidable uh, campaign cash at this point to mount, uh, you know, a pretty uh, substantive, uh, you know, primary campaign in what is really expected to be the most competitive primary uh, governor election in Indiana that we've had in 20 years. So when you take a look at the money on hand, Mike Braun has 4.6 million cash on hand. That It's not that he doesn't have more, it's that in, in the campaign itself. Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, people forget about this. While I saw the introduction of Chambers to this race as very detrimental to her future, going after a lot of the, uh, that, that same, uh, same establishment uh, support, 3.8 million cash on hand. She has always been very good at the fundraising. Eric Doden, as you mentioned, businessman out of Fort Wayne, with 3.8 Seven million. While he doesn't have the name ID, and certainly outside of Facebook ads, you haven't heard much of him. That is a lot of cash. People like Curtis Hill, the former Attorney General, are going to have the support of grassroots, not so much the cash uh, support. We talk about competitive. Is there a number figure you're looking at that in order to win this race, you're going to have to spend X? And what is that X? That, that's a great question, and. Um, you know, that sort of remains to be seen. I mean, it is, you know, relatively early. Uh, of course, you know, it seems like every election cycle uh, seems to start earlier and earlier each year. But, uh, you know, we've got, uh, you know, eight months or so until the primary. So still lots of time left to see how things shape out. I do think, um, you know, I think Brad Chambers would be willing to dip into his, uh, you know, personal fortune to, to mount a more competitive campaign, but his campaign has also said, you know, they're going to get out there and uh, travel around the state. Um, they're going to meet with a lot of business leaders. And I think, you know, Brad has shown uh, as a real estate developer and as the secretary of commerce that 
He's a great networker. He knows how to raise money. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I think, you know, I think you could see this could end up being the most expensive, uh, you know, primary election in Indiana that we've had uh, in some time in terms of the governor's race. Talking to Peter Blanchard of the Indianapolis Business Journal, IBJ.com, the idea that Suzanne Crouch, the lieutenant governor, has a much tougher road now because of Brad Chambers, former secretary of commerce for the state, getting into this race. Is that my imagination or are there people discussing the fact that while, while she was able to pile on with some endorsements very, very early, it, it's hard to fight against Chambers' success when it could be so easily uh, put at arm's length from the issues that many in the Republican Party have with Governor Holcomb and his leadership during COVID, et cetera, that they consider they would consider Suzanne Crouch to have been a part of. Yeah, and I think you're you're already starting to see, you know, uh, the lieutenant governor distance herself uh, from the Holcomb administration. Um, you know, talking about how she she didn't agree with you know Governor Holcomb's decision to veto the transgender sports ban. Uh, you know, she's she's come out and said things that would seem to indicate that she's uh, more conservative than, say, her record lets on. Um, and I think, you know, Brad Chambers entering the race not only makes it difficult for her, but makes it difficult for the other candidates as well. It means they're going to have to spend more money. Uh, Senator Braun has said, you know, he's not going to self-fund this campaign, um, but, you know, he may find himself in a position where if he wants to uh, you know, shore up this nomination. And I, I do think he is the, uh, you know, the presumed front runner at this point. I think it's his race to lose. He might have to pony up some cash as well. Um, but, you know, in, in, in talking with some people who, who work with Brad Chambers and, and are advising him on his campaign, they really feel that, you know, the other candidates in the race, Curtis Hill, uh, Suzanne Crouch, Mike Braun, as they position themselves as hardline conservatives, you know, Brad Chambers really sees a lane for himself as a as a pragmatic Republican, uh, you know, a Mitch Daniels style conservative who isn't necessarily that interested in debating social issues or the culture war issues of the day. He wants to talk about things like, you know, the cost of living and, and, and growing the state's economy. Now, obviously, he you know, he's going to have to answer some tough questions about, uh, you know, what he thinks about things like mask mandates, uh, the ban on, on transgender health care, Indiana's abortion ban. Um, but he is, you know, much more interested in uh, kind of positioning himself as a moderate, uh, I would even say Holcomb type Republican. Brad Chambers positioning himself as a Holcomb style Republican. Well, that can be kind of be seen when you take a look at who's with him. You've got Matt Huckleby, who's the former executive director of the Indiana GOP as a campaign manager. You've got Kyle Hupfer, who was the chair of the Indiana Republican Party, serving as campaign chair. Uh, Jennifer Hallowell, long in uh, Indiana politics as the senior communications advisor. And uh, you've got Marty Oates, uh, who was the longtime advisor in a tremendous amount of work with then-governor and Vice President Mike Pence is a senior strategist. Now, now full dis disclosure, I, I don't know uh, Matt Huckleby. I have had many words to say 
about Kyle Hupfer's uh, tenure, though I have uh, helped in fundraising work uh, with um, a, uh, a liquor store group that he is a part of. I like full disclosure. Marty Opes and I have had many uh, a conversation, and I have had uh, uh, a coffee before and a cigar with Jennifer Hallowell. I always like the full disclosure. If you're trying to distance yourself from Holcomb, or as I would argue, the party has issues with Holcomb. This is a very weird move that you surround yourself with with a whole bunch of people who are connected to Holcomb. And as you just said, trying to run as a Holcomb-style Republican, I don't know if that dog hunts with this Republican party. How does, why does he think the opposite? Well, I think he, you know, I think he sees an opportunity to, um, you know, maybe tone down some of the, the rhetoric that's been uh, that's been going on within his own party. I think he sees, um, you know, maybe this is a war of attrition. Maybe he's he's looking at these other candidates, uh, you know, positioning themselves as hardline conservatives. He sees a lane for himself as as a pragmatist, someone who's focused on, say, you know, the kitchen table issues, um, you know, and I think it, it's going to be interesting to see how he sort of answers questions about, you know, uh, his thoughts on, on Governor Holcomb's tenure. I do think, you know, the two of them have a, a pretty close relationship. And I think what you're getting at is sort of a, a rift in the party right now. You know, you're seeing, um, you know, a lot of the base is upset with how uh, Governor Holcomb handled the COVID pandemic in terms of mask mandates and, and lockdowns. Uh, you know, there was also a, a lot of people upset about him vetoing the transgender uh, youth sports ban. So I think, you know, you're seeing Brad sort of aligning himself with, with people who have stuck by Holcomb. As you mentioned, you know, Kyle Hupfer, uh, uh, Matt Huckleby. These are, you know, veteran Republican strategists, and I would say establishment Republicans who really have been around for a long time. They know the game. Uh, they know how to, you know, get out the vote and shore up support. But, you know, as we saw uh, at the uh, GOP convention in 2020, a lot of delegates bucked the establishment when they nominated uh, Diego Morales over Holcomb's, um, you know, Holcomb's incumbent uh, secretary of state. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. And I am, you know, wondering if, uh, if Brad can get the support he needs in this day and age when, you know, it seems like the Mitch Daniels era of uh, Republican politics in Indiana seems like a distant memory. Well, I, I always wonder whether it is indeed the idea of we need the Mitch Daniels era. I have no issue with, with Mitch Daniels. Or if some of these subjects just have to be answered and they can't simply be told, you can't simply tell Hoosiers, well, that's just noise and it's not serious. It's extremely serious when if we're going to discuss, uh, I think if Hoosiers are discussing kitchen table issues, well, whether or not their child gets to make it to a sports team because somebody else is deciding that their child who has changed their gender, feel the air quotes, um, uh, is 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 now taking their spot. So I do think it has become a kitchen table conversation uh, conversation and one that I think that when you see this group uh, whether I, I like them or, 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 or don't uh, like them as people, um, it, it certainly opens the door for someone like Curtis Hill to be able to make that claim that the establishment is not interested in what's happening to your children and, and to your lives and to culture uh, on, on a daily basis. I think that is going to be a very, very large talking point in these uh, debates. And this this group gives, uh, to some level, especially with Huckabee and Hupfer, gives uh, that opening, talking to uh, Peter Blanchard of the Indianapolis Business 
Business Journal, Brad Chambers, putting $5 million into his uh, campaign. And they're all going to end up running against Jennifer McCormick, uh, the, the the Democrat, the former Republican. She has $200,000, has more than $200,000 cash on hand, as you uh, report. There were some people discussing that Jennifer McCormick, there's a path for her to win a, a general election. Democrats have been desperate to win a statewide election for a good long time and and not being uh, successful in the main. Um, anybody think that there's a candidate that Democrats would rather Jennifer McCormick run against? That's a good question. You know, um, you, you mentioned uh, uh, some of the reporting around McCormick's campaign. Uh, her campaign released some internal polling data to Axios uh, Indianapolis today, uh, showing that how she would fare against uh, you know, if Braun were the nominee, if Crouch were the nominee, if Curtis Hill were the nominee. And it shows that Mike Braun would, would hold an 11-point edge over uh, McCormick if, if Senator Braun were to be the nominee. So I think she'd have a really tough time beating him. I think if you look at those polls, it, it's a little bit of a tighter race with Crouch, and then it's sort of neck and neck if Curtis Hill were the nominee, right? So I think Democrats would like to see uh, you know, Curtis Hill get that nomination because, you know, he he is such a, a, a divisive candidate for, for so many people and would maybe, you know, turn away more of a moderate Republicans who, um, you know, don't want to don't want to want to steer the conversation away from, say, more social issues and mask mandates, things like that. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, Curtis Hill's, uh, you know, reputation and the way he left office the first time mired in scandal. I think that's also on their mind. So, you know, I think, and as you've seen with a lot of, uh, you know, competitive uh, races, you know, uh, for example, you had uh, Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, you had uh, Josh Shapiro, the Democratic uh, gubernatorial nominee at the time, giving money to a Republican's campaign because they wanted him to get the nominee because they understood that he uh, was driving away more moderate voters. Now, I don't think uh, the National Democratic Party is interested in investing that much in Indiana, given how solidly conservative the state has been. But I think Democrats are looking at Curtis Hill and saying, hey, if this guy's the nominee, I think we have a shot. Uh, that is kind of like a, a takeoff of the late Rush Limbaugh's theory about Operation Chaos when you're talking about giving to Republican candidates. We will keep following this. Peter Blanchard, Indianapolis Business Journal, IBJ.com. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.